Good morning. Happy Sunday, everyone. My name is Amelia, and I'm the Children's Program Director here at the River. Welcome. We are glad that you're here today on this beautiful, sunny Pentecost Sunday. So I started a new hobby, gardening. Last year, I started making compost, and this spring, I got to use it in my garden. Have you ever researched something online, like how to grow vegetables in New York soil? <laughs> but then one thing leads to another very quickly, and you feel like you are now an expert on something else totally different. Well, this happened to me, and now I think like I could teach a university-level course on astrophysics and plant biology, certified by YouTube. So here it goes. Three billion years ago, we did not have oxygen on this planet. So if you were to take a breath at the time, you would be breathing in vain. But we had a lot of carbon dioxide, and the only living organisms on our planet at the time were single-celled organisms, such as cyanobacteria. And this bacteria could do one trick, and that is to take the energy from the sun and transform the carbon dioxide into oxygen, a process that we now call photosynthesis. So little by little, scattered across the planet, more and more oxygen was created. And after about two billion years, the ozone layer started to form, which then allowed more complex organisms to develop, including the first plant. And these bacteria, they're still with us today in the form of chloroplasts inside the plant cell, still making energy and still contributing to as the other half of our lungs. So the, every out-breath of this plants is mirrored by human in-breath. And our out-breath becomes their in-breath. So in this way, we are deeply connected to the plants. In fact, everything that you are familiar with on this planet today, every plant, every animal, and human beings would not be here if it was not because of these tiny, single-celled creatures. At this church, we have been talking about partnering with God. We talk about how God invites us to be co-creators, not only for our future, but for our world. And personally for me, this is not a very hard concept to embrace. I can see how our future is created by the consequences of our choices and actions. We live in a city where people come here to follow their dreams and make their destiny. New Yorkers don't just go to work, come home, eat dinner, watch TV. We also go out, socialize. We take our kids to the playgrounds and the museum. We stand in line 
We watch anything from a breakdancing show on the subway car to world-class musicals and plays. We, we parade on holidays and we march for issues that we are passionate about. New Yorkers are driven, intentional, and we enjoy being in connections. The part that is harder for me to embrace is, hmm, what is God doing? What is God doing when I'm busy working, hustling, trying to make a living in this highly competitive and expensive city? What is God doing when I'm overwhelmed with my kids? When I'm dealing with problems after problems at work or at home? If God is my partner, what kind of partner is he? Are we talking about 50-50? Or maybe is it mostly me and maybe 10% God? Is God only interjecting when things become absolutely impossible or when I need some kind of miracles to happen for me. When we pray, we send out our intention to the universe. And when we believe that God is out there, sitting in a throne, all-knowing and all-powerful, prayer becomes almost like an offering hoping that it is pleasing and accepted. There's a movement of frustration, wondering if we're deserving or not. Maybe I should pray harder. Maybe if I have been a better person, my prayers will be answered. Can you relate to this? Because this happens to me a lot. And if our prayers are answered, this will quickly encourage us. A great thing about having a community of faith such as ours is that we make space and time to share stories. Stories about God, story about God, how God is relevant in our life. A good story of faith not only will benefit the receiver, but also the entire community it will strengthen our faith. But what happens when our prayers are not answered? For, for example, instead of getting healed, our sick loved ones passed away. Instead of getting mended, our relationships are broken. We lose a job or get into a tragic accident. When we see God as personally responsible for everything that happens in our life or in the world, now especially the negative ones, it's easy to get bitter and angry. Our traditional view of God, where God is almost like um, a genie who grants our wishes and solves our problems, or a master who constantly measures our worth and rewards us when appropriate, does not serve us very much anymore. 
So this makes me wonder if there is another way of looking into this relationship, into this partnership with God. So because I've been doing a lot of gardening, there's one story that makes me ponder a lot, and that is a story from the book of Mark called The Parable of the Growing Seed. So let's read it together. He also said, This is what the kingdom of God is like. A man scatters seed on the ground night and day, whether he sleeps or gets up, the seed sprouts and grows, though he does not know how. All by itself, the soil produces grain, first the stalk, then the head, then the full kernel in the head. As soon as the grain is ripe, he puts the sickle to it because the harvest has come. I sometimes wonder what people used to believe before science, before we have the knowledge of what makes the world go round, what makes a seed sprout, what makes the soil produce fruits. In the first glance, this story seems to confirm our traditional view of God as the master, right? The one who makes everything happen, the one who makes everything right for us. This story appears like a simple event between a man and his God. The man did the work of scattering the seeds, and the master rewarded him with harvest. But there's actually a lot more to this story, right? We know that not all seeds grow, not all plants produce fruits. Earlier, I shared about the complex process that had to happen before we even came to have seeds on this planet. And this is a diagram of what the chloroplast does inside one single, one tiny cell. Quite complex, right? Now, we have yet to talk about the role of the man himself, about his knowledge, how he makes his decision. What about the soil and the weather? For the best possible result, the man in our story has to understand the soil that he is working with. I'm not sure if this man is a farmer, but if he has a sickle, let's assume that he also has a shovel and a fork. So it is possible that the man prepares and tills the soil before scattering the seed. This helps mixing the organic matter into the soil. It helps control the weed. It breaks the crusted soil and loosen up the, the area ready for planting. And this is hard work. I only have small planters, and my muscles were in pain for days. Also, scattering seeds at the ripe time, right time is important for the success of the harvest. As a general rule, in our area, you want to allow at least four months from sowing 
till the first frost so that plants will have time to grow big enough to endure the winter season. Now, the man in our story probably lives in a warmer climate, so he has a little bit more time to grow his plants than I do. But he still has to work with his environment and the things that are around him. I can only speak for myself, uh, but gardening does not only help my mind to be more aware about how everything is connected and working together for harvest, but I'm also experiencing it in my body, involving every part of my being in this big process, from constructing the planters Mixing the soil and the compost, scattering the seeds, breathing in the oxygen, breathing out, and hopefully soon harvesting and enjoying the fruits. These are my ways of partnering with God, with the creative forces that are all around me in order to produce fruits. Knowing the science behind it does not make this any less miraculous for me. In fact, the science actually gives me a deeper appreciation about life, about the world and everything in it. I am fascinated with the wonderful details and the pur purposefulness of our natural world. So practically, what does this new perspective of partnering with God mean? Well, for me, this means a lot of things. First, we're not alone. The man in the story is not alone. The creative forces of God are all around us, around him. The seeds want to grow. The soil wants to produce. The sun shines. It seems to me, at least in this story, that the world around him wants to partner and progress towards good and fruition. I sometimes feel like growing seeds is like raising children. As parents, we want to be familiar with every situation that our children are in. We want to be involved and intentional so we can raise them in the best way possible. But the truth is, we really cannot. Our children have their own ideas and will, and there are times when they're out of sight. And one day, they eventually will leave our homes. But knowing that God works with and through everything to create opportunities and possibilities for my children help. Besides their parents, my children also have their teachers, their classmates, their extended family, their neighbors, their school, their church, even their pets. Each can make a difference in their lives. 
I am in partnership with many things. And they are in partnership with many things too. So there's unlimited possibilities and wonderful things that could happen from all of these connections and partnerships. Secondly, these creative forces are always working. Even as the man in the story goes to sleep at night, I can be intentional during the day, but I do not always have to be in control of every aspect of my life and my kid's life. For good things to come, I can rest. For you, growing seed may look like career or business opportunities or making friendships or building communities or taking care of elderly parents or sick loved ones. Being aware of your connections and intentionally partnering with them does not only help you progress, but it may lessen your anxiety and help you sleep too. Thirdly, nothing is insignificant. In the beginning of this message, we learn how single-celled organism from 3 billion years ago change our physical universe. And they are still making significant changes in everyone's life today. Literally, through each breath and each fruit we eat. The same thing for our community. Every moment we spend together matters. You may think that no one notices you when you are quiet or sitting in the back. But you do matter, and I appreciate that you are here today. The chairs you are sitting on, the programs that you are holding, the stories that our children are listening to, each muffin, each cup of coffee, each conversation we make here today, things that you do not always see, maybe even care to notice are all creative forces that contribute to fruition and harvest. On this day of Pentecost, let us be reminded again that God poured out his spirit on all people. God is partnering with everyone and is working with every creation towards good, and fruition. There's a lot of room for us to be creative and intentional in this partnership, and also a lot of room for God to work God's wonders too. So rather than thinking that God is outside of you, distant, judging, watching you, imagine the God that is inside of you and inside of everyone guiding us, nudging us, moving us towards harvest, towards God. Could this change the way you do your life? Maybe the way you see yourself and others. 
How would this change the way we pray? The man in our story may not know or see the complexities and the wonders behind what he does. But the harvest comes for him. The mechanism of how God is working with and through all the different pieces in our lives may not be within the scope of our understanding. But harvest can come for us too. So let me pray for us. God, I thank you for the gift of your spirit, for affirming our worth and continuously guiding us towards good. May we treat ourselves and each other with compassion, teach us to make rooms for others, and partner in ways that bring fruits. May your spirit unite us. May we solve problems together, and may we create safe and thriving communities for everyone.